We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you finish Did you that? that? We're, about one half, we're about halfway there. We're just saying that he's off to a nice start. Why does it have to be all or nothing all the time? Like, what am I doing? I'm doing it for the show. Field of 68 till I die. This is the Field of 68 After Dark Show, the only place that you need to be for college hoops every single night. Two years Eve edition of the Field of 68 After Dark. My name is Rob Doster. Of course, I am joined by Jeff Goodman, who is uh, he's at his house in Charleston, um, he looks like I, you guys missed this when he was off screen, but he went back there and he cleaned up the entire kitchen counter because it was an absolute total disaster before I called him out on it. Uh, he's down there for probably the next three months or so. I think he might have just a month. It. I can only afford a month. That's it. <laughs> he could only afford a month. Yeah, um, it's been a wild day, wild college basketball yes. day, great college basketball day. It was the first day that really felt to me like a Saturday part of it was because it was league play part of it because that 2 p.m. window was utterly ridiculous part of it because we had so many close games between rivals and big opponents and and it was just an awesome day of basketball and I say that despite the fact that uh my UConn Huskies um lost a uh, I don't want to say shit all over themselves but they lost in a way that probably shouldn't have uh doesn't doesn't necessarily thrill me either way um it was a great day of hoops we have Sean Miller joining us Hopefully we'll have uh, maybe another surprise guest. I don't want to give it away just yet. We're still working on that, whether or not we will get them. But before we do all of that, Goodman, you know how we start these things off. The toast of the night today is the toast of the afternoon because by the nighttime, we're, uh, I think we're going to be three sheets to the wind. So Plenty of toast right. tonight. Plenty, Plenty of, of toast. toast. That's right. Uh, my toast of the night collectively goes to Xavier. You know, they, they beat the number, uh, whether it was one, two team in the country. It was splitting hairs between UConn and Purdue at this point. But Xavier, with what that program has gone through the last few years, you know, they've started slow and they've fallen off. Sean Miller's going to talk to us later uh, in the show here. But, you know, probably in particular, Jack Nungy, as much as anybody. I thought Jack Mm -hmm. Nungy gutted it out, came back out with the flu, and and was effective and played hard and played tough. And that's what – this Xavier team needed because Fremantle came out uh, guns blazing early, but then really kind of got, got held down and they needed Nunji and they needed Suli boom, uh, boom and, and those guys. And uh, I thought it was just a great effort by Xavier with a little bit of help from Danny Hurley. <laughs> a little bit of help from Danny Hurley. We so will. I'm going to, I'm going to toast a diet Coke right now because uh, I'm pacing myself for the night. 
to Jack Nunji. Soft. Um, all right. So my toast tonight is going to go to a guy that we, we kind of uh, was much maligned early on this season. Um, Kansas, mm. I guess you got to got to call him center. KJ Adams is a guy that I think some of us, me specifically, doubted if he was going to be able to thrive in the role that he's being asked to play in kind of that small ball five role um, for Kansas this year. And, you know, over the course of the last probably month or so, he's really been terrific since uh, since the end of the battle for Atlantis. He scored double figures in six straight games. He had 14 points tonight, three big offensive rebounds, and the game-winning bucket as Kansas came all the way back from 15 down at halftime to beat Oklahoma State at home. Maybe got a little bit of a beneficial whistle at the end. Maybe not. We're, we're going to talk about that in a minute. But, you know, toast, KJ Adams, cheers, a hell of a performance, and hell of a hell of a last, you know, three weeks that this kid has had. No doubt. No doubt. And, and again, that, that's what Bill Self has needed. He needed somebody to step up. Not your traditional Bill Self big man, uh, but the times have changed and Bill Self is adapting and he's got a six, I don't know, seven, maybe uh, five man right now that just plays his ass off. Yep. So let's let's get into that. Let's dive straight into Kansas. Um they beat Oklahoma State 69 to 67. They came back from down, they were down 45 to 30 at the half. Uh, stormed back they gave up just 22 points in the second half and i think it was with four minutes left in the game they had given up 12 points uh in the first 16 minutes of the second half really clamped down defensively oklahoma state shot out of their minds from beyond the arc um you're gonna have games like that uh i want to start with this because it seems to me like there's been a little bit of a little bit of a, a argument about this on on twitter afterwards um Clark Kellogg said as the broadcast was signing off that he thought that it was a foul on Kevin McCullough against Bryce Thompson on that last second bucket. Before we get into what happened in the game, I just want to know, where do you stand on that? Because I I don't think that uh, – I thought he got time. him, but again, you're not getting that call at five gallons. So, I don't – you have to – honestly, he'd have to have mugged him uh, yeah. for them to, to to blow the whistle at five gallon with a play that's probably going to determine uh, who wins the game. You know, is a good defensive play by McCullough. And I think probably him being in the league for a while, he might have got the benefit as much as uh, them getting the benefit in Fog Allen. Maybe a combination of the two. Um, tough call to make. Tough call to make at the end of a game like that. Yeah. And I just thought that he, he got it so cleanly up top. Um, I, I don't, I think you kind of, you kind of let that one go, right? If you're playing pickup and you call a foul on that, if you're, uh, if you're Bryce, yeah, people Thompson, are yelling. Like you're, yeah. Yeah. You're going to get, you're going to get yep. yelled at, especially if it's game point. So I don't, I don't necessarily have an issue with the no call. Um, I think you can make an argument that it might've been a foul. I can understand that you could, but I think that that's the kind of contact that you see. It's the big 12, man. It's physical. It's the, it's the best. It's the toughest league in the country. It's the league where they play the best defense in the country. You got to let that one go. Um, especially in the fog. All right. How, are you worried at all about Kansas after this, Zero. after this loss? Zero. 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 I mean, Remember, we were, two, we're, we're like two weeks removed from them absolutely boat racing a Missouri team that now we look at completely different than we did that night, especially me. I look at them different. I know that. Um, I actually give them the respect to putting Missouri in the top 25 right now uh, because of what they've done since. Uh, beating Illinois handily. Beating Kentucky handily. Well, Kansas absolutely blitzed Missouri. And, and you know, again – these games around the holidays, whether it's a lot of teams, listen, you, you look at what teams did coming back from Christmas, and a lot of them play these in the Big Ten uh, in particular yesterday. 
look at who those teams played. They play by games. That's what they did because they know when they don't have those guys for three or four days, who knows what they've been doing, who knows the mindset they come back with. Um, so they want to play those easy games, the Big Ten. Well, obviously the Big 12 couldn't do that. They're playing league games, and they're playing tough league games. But Kansas is, is walking in this thinking, all right, we're at home. We don't lose at home. And they dig this hole, and Grady Dick isn't doing a whole hell of a lot, and McCullough's giving them nothing offensively, and Dewan Harris isn't giving them anything offensively. So it's all up to Jalen Wilson. And, and that's the only scary thing for me with Kansas is that how reliant they could have to be if Jalen Wilson is having one of those, you know, three for 14 games, can they win that? Can they grind those out? Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I still think again, Grady Dick's going to get well, more. I think today proved that they can. The, the, I, that's the argument that I would make is that today proved that they can, they were at down home. by 15 at home in a game. They were really struggling offensively. And um, you know, the thing about Oklahoma state is, you know, what you're going to get on the defensive end of the floor from them. It's just, it's the shooting, right? We always have questions. Are they going to be able to score enough? Are they going to be able to make enough threes? Is Bryce Thompson going to knock down shots? Well, you know what? He was seven for 10 from three. As a team, they were 13 for 29 from three. They hit nine of 18 from beyond the arc in the first half. Kansas State was cooking. And Kansas found a uh, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma yeah. State was cooking. And Kansas found a way to win that game. Um, I'm really impressed with, with Bill Self and what he's been able to do with this offense, like just playing strictly five out, um, a lot of dribble handoff stuff. Yeah, a lot right. of a lot of like you get guys coming off of curls. He's very good at finding a way to get Jalen Wilson getting downhill to his right hand. And to me, like what's going to make make or break this team is things like uh, Kevin McCuller hitting that corner three. Dewan Harris hit a couple of big threes. Yeah. Joseph yep. Yesifu hit a three. You got to be able to create the space for you so your guys can get downhill. So that the perfect example, that last second play, you, you know, you uh, self doesn't use a timeout, just gets Dewan Harris into a ball screen with KJ Adams. He's able to get the roll, man. The reason that their space is because Kansas was 11 for 23 from three on the day. They had to defend the three point line. I just got to say, feel the 68.shop merch store. Look at it's that. Free. Free bill, it's baby. Free. Free, free bill he's been freed but free bill um yeah i was i was very impressed with that one for kansas i i, I think it said a lot about them here here's the thing with kansas again they're not the best offensive team they don't have a ton of weapons and and that's why kj adams needs to be you know not a guy that they're going to go to necessarily but a guy they can go to right on on, yeah. on that on on a, on a play like that at the end of the game where he can finish around the basket. He's so quick. He's so athletic. He's so tough. Again, you're not going to, you're not going to clear out for him. You're not going to let, you know, you're not drawing anything up necessarily for him per se, but he's got to be a guy that can finish. And, and, and he's done that. He's done that for the most part. And you know what? He's a, he's a pretty good passer today. We didn't really see it as much um, today. He had four turnovers, but he's been, he's averaging like two and a half assists on the season. Right. You know, his ability to kind of, we see it all the time. I, I like their team. I like I their do. team. I do. Nope. And you know what? In a year where there is no like great team, I, I got the paint crew shirt on right now. They're going to be the number one team in the country. There's no great. They deserve. No they great. deserve to be the number one team in the country. But they are not like the best team in the country, right? I, I think if you look at all the metrics, no one's going to have. It's going to rotate. One. It's going to yeah. rotate this year. 
Yeah, it's one of those years. It reminds me a little bit of the 2020 season, right? When when Yudoka Azubuki, yep. uh, um, Obi Toppin, San Diego State was really good. There yep. wasn't really like a great dominant defining team, but there were like eight or nine teams that were good enough where you could say, look, I could see them winning it all. I, I think that there's a chance that they could be the best team in the country. And I think Kansas is absolutely uh, one of those teams. Tough for Mike Boynton. I love Mike Boynton. Huge fan of Mike Boynton. He got screwed in the whole FBI investigation. Yep. Um, the only guy that the NCAA so far has really hammered. Um, and, you know, I, I want all good things to happen to Mike Boynton. I'm a big Mike Boynton fan. I'm never going to be shy about that. But uh, it was a tough one. And I'm not going to complain about that loss because I may or may not have invested just a little bit too much money on Kansas money line at halftime when it was yeah, plus. I, the, only thing I, Rivers. the only thing I want to see from Bill Self is that bench continue to come out a little bit more, right? Like, I think Pettiford's really got it in him, and he didn't do a whole heck of what he put nine minutes today. Uh, yes, has been in and out, you know, inconsistent. Uh, you got those other bigs that Bill will rotate in. Obviously, KJ Adams has pretty much established himself as as the guy at this point. He's going to be the guy who gets the brunt of the minutes at the five, yeah. uh, depending on matchups, right? Like in the NCAA tournament. It'll Honestly, I don't think it'll. De- I don't think it'll matter with ma- matter with matchups. I think they'll, what, just, what they'll make him adjust to them. Yeah, right? and like you, since since Jalen Wilson's big and strong enough, yeah. and Kevin McCullough's big and strong enough, and and Grady Dick, like say what you want about him, he's still six eight, right? So I think you make teams adjust to you. Um, I they don't have anyone that can play that like McCormick five seal green angle form yet so i think you just go all in on the small ball stuff and if it means that your backup center is zubia gia for however pronounced yeah whatever however you pronounce that better than i would pronounce it so for once i think you pronounced a name better than i would have i think we got to go with big z for him big z all right right. that's fine that's fair that's yeah Um, all right, so I, I just want to do a quick whip around in uh, the rest of the Big 12 because there were some great games in the Big 12 today. Let's no, start. Listen, no, we're, we're, we're not doing – no, no, no. I'm changing – I'm making no, a no, quick no, keep it edit here. on we'll, the we'll order. To, well, no, the, no, the people no, are the, – no, the people are no, dying. We're not, burying, we're not burying the lead. We're not, we're not burying, burying the lead. lead. We're just today. letting people join. We're letting people join. The, the, no. the fans are still looking in. Get the tweet out there. Say that we – I'm not. I'm not letting them get away with it. I will not – I will I will leave the Zoom unless we we talk about your you kind of high. You promise? Next. Do you promise that we're going to leave? You'll, you'll you leave can't the Zoom. Talk, I mean, honestly, promise. You guarantee. You, I, you I promise really that you'll might. leave the Zoom. I might be gone if you don't talk about your you kind of Huskies next. No, we will. We got Sean Miller coming up. See, Dagan. Right. Dagan said all right. we're all so, gone. So listen. <laughs> top dogs, got? right? Yeah, top dogs. The they top were top dogs, dogs today. Top That's dogs. For damn sure. They took a loss. It was eighty three seventy three. Jack Nunji, like you mentioned, played through. Um, I guess it was his flu game. Uh, but, you know, Xavier was – they are one of the best offensive teams in the country. They played like one of the best offensive teams in the country. And they were, they were able to exploit the mismatch that they had at the four. To me, this game came down to um, Zach Fremantle, 16 points, 11 boards, five assists, three steals, and a block. Uh, UConn had no answer for him and Nunji together. And they weren't able to take advantage of it at the other end. Uh, they were, you know, didn't get the greatest three-point shooting performance from some guys. But Caravan was not ready to guard Fremantle in the post. Uh, Andre Jackson not big enough to guard Fremantle in the post. And the fact that Nunji is just so large that he could take up that space and kind of keep Adama Sonogo in check offensively and not let him kind of control that game. Um, really, really impressive win for Xavier, a team that I've been high on. Uh, I do think is one of the uh, probably for my money, the second best team in the big East right now. 
and a team that I don't think is getting nearly enough attention nationally. Listen, you know, I saw him play three times out in Portland and, you know, we, we always kind of wondered what this team would be with a really, really good basketball coach and, and no disrespect to Travis Steele, but, but he's not Sean Miller. He's just not, he's not Sean Miller. Sean Miller's a hell of a basketball No disrespect coach. to Travis Steele. I'm just going to say the most disrespectful thing that I can. <laughs> no, but it's true. Sean Miller's a, wrong. A, one of the top coaches in the country, period. Mm-hmm. And you look at what he can do and what he's already been able to do with Zach Fremantle. Because you and I know where this thing started in the preseason with Zach Fremantle. Mm-hmm. And, and how Sean had to figure him out. How he could coach him. How he could get him to buy in. And I think he's gotten him to buy in. Because today he was so good early. And then even though he wasn't scoring points late. He was still a team guy. That was the, He kept his wits about him. Where UConn's coach did not. And I really want to get into this Danny Hurley thing. Because I, I think it's it's super, and and you know my relationship with Danny Hurley dates back twenty. Let's plus let's years. let's talk about that. We'll get to that after we talk to Sean. Yeah, um, I want to I want to stick on Xavier for one point. Where do you where do you have them in like the Big East and national hierarchy? Because they're ranked twenty second in the country. They have three losses this season. All two good teams by combined. I think it, what is it thirteen points? Um, so. How do you view them? Because they are elite offensively. They are going to have issues defensively. I think that the this matchup had everything to do, or that this win had so much to do with, one, the game plan and the strategy that, that Sean uh, employed, yeah. and two, the way that Xavier matches up with UConn. I feel like they looked better tonight than they maybe are, but I'm still, I still think they're like a top 15 team in college basketball. Is that crazy? No, I, I mean, I think there's somewhere in that you can make a case that that if they peak at the right time and they're healthy and uh, they could be a top five team at the end. Like, I, I could see them getting the Elite Eight and it wouldn't shock me because they've got a couple guards, Rob, that can make plays off the bounce and they can both shoot the ball, right? Sule Boom's awesome. Mm-hmm. I tweeted it. He, he's been as impressive as any transfer in the country, period. What he's done for them because what we don't have around the country when you watch teams are a lot of dudes that you can just give them the ball and just say, hey, go make a play. Xavier's got two of them. They got Kobe Jones and Sule Boom. How many teams have two of them? Now, Kobe Jones needs to be more aggressive. He needs to be more, more selfish, all that. But he's fully capable. He's one of the most well-rounded guards in the entire country. And, and, and Boom's been awesome. Then you got the two bigs, right? Fremantle and Nunji and... It's so funny because last year, all we did was shit on Travis playing those two guys together. And, and even Sean did to some degree. And now he's playing them together because he looked at the numbers and the numbers said that they were better with both of those guys on the court at the same time. But I, I just think, listen, when you look at them and what they've got, and now they've got a hell of a coach and now they got a big win like this. Why can't Xavier be a, why can't they be better than UConn? Why can't they win the big East? Um, because I just don't trust them defensively yet. Right. And I think that a lot of, a lot of what happened to UConn today, um, to say nothing of, uh, of Dan Hurley, a lot of it was kind of self-inflicted and and we'll get to that. in that when we get to that conversation, I just don't fully trust Xavier on the uh, defensive end of the floor, but you mentioned that they finally have a great coach. We were able to catch up with that great coach, uh, Sean Miller, who, uh, who had some very nice things to say. You'll be shocked about John Fanta.
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. New Year's Eve, uh, Xavier head coach Sean Miller. Sean, welcome back to the Field of 68 After Dark, man. It's been a while uh, since we had you on here. Has it been since last season? Yeah, no doubt. Hopefully, I'm, I'm sure the ratings will pick up now, and uh, we, we can kind of send you guys into 2023 in a good way. But no, it's great seeing uh, seeing you, and Happy New Year to uh, you and Jeff. So obviously, you guys uh, knocked off UConn, handed UConn their first loss of the season tonight, 83-73, and in front of a, a raucous crowd at the Cintas Center. It's always nice to see that building loud and uh, and, and going crazy again. Talk to me about that win. Talk to me about Jack Nungy, uh battling through. I, was it the flu? I don't even know what it was, but he was he was very clearly not uh, not himself. Just a hell of a win for you guys tonight. Yeah, I mean Jack is you know he's he's experienced. He's older. Um, he's just an amazing kid. A really like as great of a kid as could could be a basketball player. That's that's the definition of Jack Nungy. and uh, you know Rob for about about 30 minutes before tip off, you know, he didn't warm up. He wasn't a part of our meetings or shoot around. He was in the training room, just kind of laying around and, uh, you know, trying to get some fluids in him. He couldn't keep anything uh, down. We were worried that he might not be able to play. And, you know, for him to be able to play 24 minutes, I mean, certainly we wouldn't have won if, if he chose not to play. And that was, that was his choice. Uh, so I think it says a lot about Jack, you know, in terms of the game, you know, when you play a team like UConn, you have to be at your best. I mean, they're going to, they're either going to bring that out in you or they're going to beat you. And I thought the reason that our crowd was as raucous as it was, maybe the way we played, it has a lot to do with playing a team that deserves to be number two in the country. They're, they're a tall order and we're thrilled to have, uh, to have beaten them. Sean, this is a great day because it is New Year's and you beat Doster's UConn team. I'm out here in Charleston. While Rob's back in the cold weather, like it couldn't have worked out better. Uh, when I saw you in Portland, you didn't know what type of team you had yet uh, with Xavier. How much better do you feel about the group now and what type of statement? I know we like to get caught up in this stuff a little too much. The statement that you might have made today with beating a top five team in, in UConn. Well, you're right, Jeff. You know, look, in, in fairness to everybody, when there's a coaching change, it, it takes a little bit of time. Um, and, you know, with us, that little bit of time just happened to coincide with a gauntlet of a schedule. I mean, we're, we're talking about playing teams like Indiana at home, uh, Florida, 
Duke, Gonzaga, all in Portland, you know, and, and we did all that before Christmas. So, you know, clearly as we're trying to develop and get to know each other and, and become a good team, we were also given, you know, a tall order. And, but I think if you look back at us in Portland, I mean, even though Duke beat us and even though Gonzaga beat us, I think both of those games kind of speak for themselves. They were hard fought games. We were right. We were right there in both of them. And, uh, and certainly we've grown. We've gotten better. We have. We're more sure of ourselves right now. And I, I think you see that both individually, like with the individual players on our team, but also like collectively where somebody like Jerome Hunter can come in the game yeah, as a non-starter and really, and really help us. But you're right uh, with what you said. So on Zach Fremantle, um, it wasn't the easiest start for him this season, but he came on strong. He was, he was the guy that made all the difference uh, early on uh, in this game. I think he had 11 points in about the first 11 minutes. Uh, you really took advantage of that matchup at the four spot. Um, what have you seen out of him? How have you gotten the best out of him this year? Well, you're right. Um, I would say this, Rob. Uh, Zach has really become our constant. I mean, if you just go through the stat sheet and look in recent games, really starting with the Crosstown shootout, maybe West Virginia at home, and then, you know, now our four Big East games. I mean, he's right around the double-double virtually every game. Uh, as you know, that's not easy to do. I, I also think that he's getting a little bit better defensively, which helps us because, you know, on offense, it's easier to play two bigs, but Somehow you have to be able to guard perimeter skilled players when you have that lineup. And I feel like he's in a much better place now than maybe he would have been a month ago doing that. All right, Sean. So the, the last five New Year's have not been probably easy for you, right? You've had something hanging over your head for five years. And a year ago, probably even more difficult because you had to deal with me and Dustin. Uh, now you get this win. The NCAA stuff is behind you at this point. No suspension, no nothing. Just explain to me your mindset now as opposed to what it was even as recently as a year ago. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was really hard. It, ju it just was. Uh, there's no getting around that. Um, I, I try to look at it just kind of like, you know, different chapters and uh, both in life for me and the family that I have. And, you know, being back at Xavier, this is a this is a brand new chapter, you know, and I've learned a lot. Uh, there's some things that have really been good. Uh, that maybe I'm more aware of now, uh, more eager, more excited now than I would have been even six, seven years ago. So, you know, I'm trying to do the best job that I can as Xavier's new coach. And, you know, look, this is a fan base and a program that has had a ton of success, Jeff. I mean, people don't realize in an 18-year period of time, Xavier went to 16 NCAA tournaments. Well, that's really hard to do. And they did it through a number of coaches. And uh, I, I'm just thrilled to be back in this conference. You feel that me coaching four games in the Big East, it's just, it's, it's such an incredible conference to coach in. And I think that's also a part of that, what you're, what you're saying. It's a new beginning and a new chapter. And I'm just excited to be a coach and uh, try and well, help. Sean, you were, let's face it, you weren't sure that you would coach these four games in the Big East. I mean, we talked about it and you didn't know what, in fact, you probably thought you might get a suspension, didn't you? I don't know. Uh, you know, looking back on it, uh, there's a lot. <laughs> I mean, it's just like six yeah. years worth of different yep. things. Uh, yep. But I think that part's over for me. And, you know, again, when you go through things, you learn uh, lessons learned. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to incorporate a lot of those lessons into me being the new coach here at Xavier with 
and you guys know this, we have a good group of guys. We have an older group. We have a, guy, a group of guys that have had success, and it's just a matter of us knocking down uh, this door here and hopefully getting them back to, uh, to the tournament where Xavier's used to be. All right, Sean, this is going to be the toughest question that I think a media member has ever asked you. If you, could spend, if you could spend your New Year's Eve with one member of the field of 68 and only one member of the field of 68, <laughs> this is so easy. Be? Who would yeah. it be? I mean, it, I've actually tried to get him to come to Cincinnati tonight. I don't know if he's in route, but it's definitely John Fanta. He's, <laughs> uh, he's my favorite, and uh, we had a great time last year. I think he is not a rising star. I think he's actually a star. So, uh, but hey, the best he part of this, wait, wait. 68. The best part of this, Doster, <laughs> he just showed his fan out over his own brother. Yes, he did. And he doesn't know it. He doesn't even know it. That's what he's he the, just did. Arch was the UB Brown of the field of 68. He spent more facts and stats than any any person ever has, and that's to his credit. But, uh, yeah, so hopefully uh, he gets a win here today. Yeah, well, I'll tell you this much. With the way that UConn shot free throws today, I think that you learned a, a little bit of something from your brother um, right. and, and and his ability <laughs> to, to defend the three-point line. Listen, Sean, congratulations. If UConn was going to take a loss, I'm glad that it was at least to a coach that I like. So uh, enjoy your night. Enjoy this win. And hopefully we get you back on soon, man. You guys have a good team there. Anytime, man. Happy New Year to you guys. Thanks for having me on. You too, Sean. Happy New Year. And now let me welcome on to the field of Goodman, 68. I hope you realize man that broke my heart and ruined my new year. That was for me to deal with. Yeah. No, I, I pick up your mic. Don't, don't, don't I just realize it? I enjoyed the <laughs> hell out of it. Like, yeah, I'm sure you it, did. it made my day. Uh, honestly, I, I wasn't even gonna ask you. I, I should have surprised you and not even told you we were having Sean on and just had him bounce on. That was my one mistake today. Uh, but to watch the smile on his face. And how upset you are because, you know, you and, and UConn Nation seem to think this was like the, the 99 UConn. No, Huskies no, no. Okay. Okay. Don't, don't say you, cause that's not me. I, I know what this team is. I have a great feel for what this team is. And I think that they're, they actually kind of have been outperforming what they are. Right. I'm along for the ride. Cause I did not expect any of this. I'm enjoying the ride, but I, mean I'm not expecting anything. You're saying that. Like, I was not. I was expecting them to be like a top twenty-five kind of a team right. to the tournament. So, so now, a game, like honestly, like okay. winning a game in the tournament, getting to the second weekend, I would have been fine with coming. I would have been but celebrating now, that coming. How into much the year. did this change now? Realistic expectations of what this team should do for the rest of the regular season, the tournament. I think that it. Well, the expectations should be higher now. But it should not be like Final Four or fire Dan Hurley. Or bust, right? yeah. Like yeah. if he if he gets to the second weekend and loses to a four seed, like it is what it is. You know, that's just kind of yeah, that's what this steps. year is. Right. They're you one of the steps. best teams in college basketball in a year where college basketball is kind of down. And it's it's just gonna be one of those seasons, right? So I'm under no disillusions that this is like this is the 1999 team or this is the 2014 or this is even the 2016 that lost in the elite eight right they, they just don't have that level of talent what the things that they do great are the things that you can control right they they rebound the ball really well they defend really really well they play their asses off um my biggest issue is self-inflicted wounds right that is i think where it was an issue last season and it was an issue tonight against Xavier, right? The unforced turnovers, the uh, 
true like down the stretch it was it was um all right so here th- there was the one that tristan newton threw the ball ahead to adama sonogo and he ended up out of bounds right there was a one where he drove off a ball screen and tried to throw a behind the back pass that went straight to the first row there was jordan hawkins offensive foul but the biggest one the biggest issue goodman yeah the technical foul y- you think it was awful i mean mm-hmm. it, it was absolutely awful to up. me you know think think about hurley and again, I've known Danny a long time, okay? And this has been an issue for him for a long time of him constantly going after the refs and wearing the refs down. And he gets hit right now today in, in a one-possession game with two-plus minutes to go on the road against Xavier. And again, it may not be that one thing that Dan Hurley does at that time. And that's what he's got to understand. He's got to get in his head that it's not that one thing, but it's the buildup. It's the, and to be honest, it's like what I told Jason Tatum five years ago, which was stop throwing your arms out every time you're complaining about a foul because you're not going to get calls three, four, five years from now when you deserve them. When you're, and, and it's exactly that now. He's not getting It's the same thing with Dan Hurley. He kind of made his bed already. And obviously, listen, probably deserve today's anyway. But even if he doesn't, sometimes he gets teed up because of the accumulation, because of what he's done in the past. And he's got to be on his best behavior now. And he's got to find a way. And he told me when he was in Portland, you saw it. Mm-hmm. He wrote it on his, on his wrist. He showed me. He said, from now on, I'm going to look at this. And it says, coach, coach your guys. And he's got to, he's got to really, that's his biggest New Year's resolution. If you're a UConn fan, if you're Dan Hurley, if you're the players, it's, hey, coach, just worry about coaching. Like, don't worry about the refs. You're going to get screwed on some calls. But you, you've got so far to go right now to get those refs where they're not going to tee you up if it's close. You, you've already built that. And Bobby has, too, to some degree. But I think Bobby's done a better job now of, from me talking to a lot of the refs. And I do. You know that. I talk to a lot of the refs in this business. Um, A lot of them just, they've had it with them. They've had it with Dan Hurley and his act. And he was better in Portland. And now I feel like he's kind of reverted back again. Well, here's the thing, because there was the biggest, one of the biggest possessions of the game. There's three minutes left, right? And there was a incredibly evident moving screen on Zach Fremantle, which the, like the fact that it went uncalled was it, it was it was a horrible call, one of the worst calls and like the, the worst known calls in a big moment that I've seen this season, right? But that that you can't just because you had that one bad call, you cannot go out and get a technical as a result of it. Like that that that's that's where you have to be you able to know better. Yeah, you got to. You know have better. to know where the line is and not cross it, and you have to understand that. You have, like you said, you have built up enough equity with these refs that they're going to ding you and they're going to they're going to light you up in right. moments where they wouldn't light other people up just because it's kind of you're wearing them thin. So well, remember the other day, and, and, but and well, the wait. other thing is like, but, but, but real quick, the, the, yeah. the that foul call was awful. But what lost UConn that game was the four turnovers in the last six minutes that were unforced. It wasn't the 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 you you have to. 
you, you should expect better from the officials than that, even in a road environment, right? I think if the refs go back and look at it now, every one of them will say that was a missed call. It happens. They're humans. We have bad predictions. You, every once in a while, say that uh, Trey Burke is going to go to the NBA draft and doesn't end up going to the NBA draft, right? We all have our, we all have our moments. Um, but you have to like you have to be able to accept that and move on. Like it's the next play mentality, right? You miss a shot, don't think about it. That the, he got the tech a good thirty five seconds of game time and probably two minutes after that actual missed call. So like, I don't want to rail on too much, and and um, I don't. No, think but that I, that's- I, honestly, I, I really believe he needs to hear it. I almost think Dan Hurley needs to hear this from other people now because it's gone on long enough. And now when it starts costing your team opportunities, when your team is good, you're a good, hey, this isn't some team now that's fighting just to get in the NIT. This is a a good damn team and they've got a chance. And to me, you don't want this to happen again. Like let it happen now. Because honestly, it's probably not going to affect them at the end of the day, right? Like whether they won this game or not, it's a tough road game against Xavier. Xavier could win this this league, but you yeah. can't tech, do this. Tech or not, they probably don't win this game down the stretch. But it's right. it's it's good to I don't know. I don't want to ever say it's good. Well, listen, um, you saw the game the other day, right? It was a game against Villanova. Wasn't Danny calling uh, Jeffrey Anderson their ref uh, a bleeping clown? Yeah, but it was like. What it, was that? It was there was a a no call or there there was a foul. Don Westonogo picked up his second foul on like contesting a three point shooter when the guy jumped into him. Yeah, um, I saw it. It wasn't a very it wasn't it wasn't the right call, right? Yeah. I, well, I disagree with that call, but I understand why it was called that way. And then I think he was I don't think he was saying it to the guy's face, but you could catch him he on. He wasn't. No, no. He Jeffrey he, Anderson, the high stepper, was across the court. Mm-hmm. He was across the court. But it doesn't matter. The other refs see that. The other refs around the country. You don't think and, the refs and, who did the game here's today. Here's the other part of it, too. Here, he, yeah, but and here's the other thing. TV people understand that he he is entertaining on the sideline, and sure. you might catch him saying something right. um, It was like Frank Martin used to be. It was like yeah. Frank Martin. So they zoom in on him. Sure. You're, you're going to get the attention now. Like, you just got to – you got to be aware of it. It's it's going to be a thing. Like people are going to pay attention to it, and because it be happened more here, too. The more the you big... do it, the more the TV cameras are going to lock in on you, just like they did with Frank Martin. And, and Frank, it wasn't yelling. Remember, it wasn't yelling at the refs. It was going after his players and getting in their yep. face. With with Hurley, it's it's going after the refs constantly. And I'm just telling you, like he needs to figure this thing out. He he's got to honestly, he's got to mature and figure this thing out and be consistent with it or else it's going to bite him in the ass, really going to bite his team in the ass when it matters potentially. Because in the NCAA tournament, these guys aren't going to care. You're going to deal with refs that aren't going to see him again and again and again. Mm -hmm. You're going to deal with, you know, maybe a Pac-12 ref who's dealt with Bobby but not Danny. You're going to, you know, deal with maybe a Mountain West or or, and the elite refs if you get to, you know, the Sweet 16 and the Final Four and they're being graded. So they're not gonna they're not gonna deal with it. They're gonna tee him right up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, the big picture news is that Purdue is now going to be the consensus number one team in the country on Monday morning, and it's hard to say that they don't rightfully deserve to be the consensus number one team in the country on uh, on Monday morning. Paint crew, stand up. I got a new team. Um, all right, let's uh, 
Let's get into the conversation about Kentucky because Kentucky played Louisville in what should normally be the biggest game of the day anytime that it is played in college basketball. And I don't think that in the history of the Kentucky-Louisville rivalry, we've ever had a game with less like buzz or less hype or the two programs completely unexcited about playing. Like, Do you think Louisville fans wanted to watch this game? Do you think Kentucky fans wanted to watch this game? All that was happening in this game was Kentucky fans were like, please, God, don't lose this game. And Louisville fans were like, please, God, don't let this be a a 45-point blowout. Um, Kentucky wins. They won 86 to 63. Uh, Louisville covered. The line was 23 (laughs) and a half. They backdoored. Yeah. Good teams win. Great teams cover. Give Kenny Payne his extension (laughs) for finding a way to cover the 23 points. Kenny Um, smiling at the end. Yeah, it's also like it's hilarious to me that uh, Kentucky and Louisville, like in the worst Kentucky team, the most down Kentucky fans have been about their team probably since John Calipari took over. And they're 25, 23 and a half point favorites against Louisville in the biggest rivalry game of the year. So uh, put that in perspective, Kentucky fans. To me, the interesting conversation here is though, it's about Coach Cal, right? It's big picture stuff with Coach Cal. Like, is this is he kind of winding down the end of his tenure? Are you getting to the point where Kentucky Oof. fans are like, we need to we need to make a change. We need to we are Kentucky. We should be we should have something better. We should have a coach we're excited about. We should have a team that we're excited about. You know, they they I, I can't remember where this quote is from, but uh, the opposite of love isn't hate. The opposite of love is apathy, and it feels like Kentucky fans are starting to get a little bit apathetic about this program, which is the worst possible thing when you have a fan base as passionate as uh, as Kentucky uh, basketball fans are. So let me ask you this, Goodman. Considering that he has a lifetime contract, considering that this bio is going to be like, I don't even know if it exists. It'll probably cost you 50 mil to get rid of him. Is there, like, what what would it take for Kentucky to say, we got to pull the ripcord. We got to make a change. I mean, I think the only thing that can happen here is if you don't make the tournament or you get bounced again in the first round. You know, I've said this all year coming into the year, and I think you thought I was crazy when I I told you the one game I want to see more than any other game this season is Kentucky's first-round game. Because, again, they weren't in the tournament two years ago. They lose to St. Peter's last year. How tight will John Calipari be going into that first-round game? Well, we don't know if there's going to be a first-round game now. Like, I just looked at it as an automatic. When you have the, the National Player of the Year back in Oscar Sheboy, you have mm-hmm. one of the best freshmen in a lottery pick in Cason Wallace. You have two shooters. I know one of them's hurt now, C.J. Frederick, but Antonio Reeves and, and Frederick. You know, my big thing all along this year was the spacing. You, you heard me over and over and over, right? Toppin, Oscar, Wheeler, right? But, but like, you can't play those three guys together because they can't shoot. In today's day and age, you have to play shooters. This, this roster was poorly constructed in a sense. Now, again, Frederick and Reeves, you thought, would provide the answers. Well, you had to play them together. He didn't do that. Now Frederick's hurt. His confidence is, is kind of shot. He's been hurt a lot so far coming back from the injuries. So that hasn't materialized yet. But I, I just think, listen, to me, if they lose in the first round or they don't make the tournament, you're going to have more than half of the fan base that is going to be get rid of them. Get rid of them. And to be honest, you can't blame them except for the price tag because it's going to be $50 million or thereabouts to fire John Calipari. 
and I always say, be careful what you wish for, right? Be careful what you wish for. You had a great year last year. You lost in the first round. You know, my biggest thing with Cal is, you know, he had John Robick for years as his exes and O's guy. And, and, and I think that really um, softened the blow because Robick was a hell of a coach. And, and John's dealt with some personal stuff over the last few years, is not with Cal anymore. And I've always said, like, Cal's great with more talent. But if he doesn't have more talent, which they've got good talent now, but they don't have John Wall. They don't have some of those dudes that they've had. Anthony Davis, obviously. Over they don't the have roll, roll the ball out and beat you talent, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just go make a play, right? Like, who's going to be that guy? Like, Sevilla Wheeler's a nice player. He's a nice college player. Cason Wallace is a good player. Like, even Oscar, he was dominant last year. He's not intimidating. But, but here, here's the thing, like, Oscar is, he is the best role player college basketball has ever seen. He's the only guy that's ever won a national player of the year award as a role player, right? Um, there's the, the, my biggest issue is they're still running the same stuff that they ran uh, when they would have like Jamal Murray out there, yeah. right? When you had uh, Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero out there, right? It's one thing to run Jamal Murray off a, a, off a stagger to run him off the same floppy action and get him curling into a three or get him curling into a one-on-one -on -one situation, right? It's one thing if you have that as Kevin Knox, right? It's another thing when it's Kaysen Wallace, uh, Kaysen Wallace, whatever his name is, however yeah, you Kaysen pronounce Wallace. it. Kaysen yeah. Wallace. Um, it, or Antonio Reeves or, you know, any of these other guys that they have. It's very different when it's those guys versus your your top five picks, right? And even Casey Wallace, he's going to be a very good pro, but he's going to be a very good pro in the role of Marcus Smart. He's not going to be a guy that, that's going to go and get you twenty a night. He's not. No, uh, he's not no. Tyrese Maxey. He's just he not. shot it very so, well so far, but he's not like a dead eye shooter. I mean, if that's he's your best he's shooter and your go to guy offensively, then then you have a problem. Right. Right. That's that's and, what it is. So. Here's the let's you, like so you I said, said a that poorly constructed team in a sense because again, what you don't need with Oscar Shibwe, you what you do need with Oscar Shibwe is a stretch format, correct? That's what you need. You need to stretch, you need to stretch everything like the right. you need, but, but a four next to Oscar, you better have him be able to. Step it's not up. just a stretch four, right? That I, I don't think you necessarily need that. What you need are four guys that can shoot it and four skilled guys because you have the best rebounder in college basketball that we've ever seen, right? I think it, it, at least since I've been alive, you don't need more than one person going to the glass on either end of the floor, right? Because right. right. you have Oscar Shiba, who's just an animal. It takes three guys to keep him off the glass, right? So their issue to me is that they don't, they have not taken advantage of the fact that you could put four skilled guys that don't do anything else. But if you don't had have Wallace skilled guys around, but Rob, if you, if you had Wallace with Frederick with Reeves and then a stretch four, that's what I'm saying. The difference here that they don't have with this roster, they have Toppin, they have Damian Collins, they got you know those are your two guys really, and neither one can step out. My my take is if you had that, that would make a major difference. It, it, again. Like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. It absolutely would. Like, I think, um, if you had bright, if Bryce Hopkins was still on this team, I think yeah. we'd be having different conversations right now. If you had another guy like Ty Ty, right. So it's not just the other issue I think that you run into is that, um, you can't take severe Wheeler off the floor because you don't have anybody else that can go create something for themselves. Last year, you could take him off the floor if you needed to, because Ty Ty could go make something happen. And, 
if you put Ty Ty at the point, you still had Kellen Grady out there that could run off screens and manipulate the defense with how good he was at, at just running around and dragging people around with him, right? This year, you don't have that next creator because Casey Wallace like, is just not at the level that Ty Ty was in terms of being able to go get something himself. So um, you said that for John Calipari to get fired, it's missed the tournament or losing the first round, right? Let's just say that that happens, right? Let's just say that uh, that that they end up getting rid of John Calipari or, um, you know, Chris Texas fires Chris Beard and Coach Cal jumps at the opportunity to be able to go to Texas and get a soft landing, get a big old contract at a place where he could bring his recruiting class with him, right? Let's just, let's just say that it doesn't work out with John right. Calipari. Who is on your list? Who are you? Like, let's say that you're, what is Mitch Barnhart? What's the name of the AD? Mitch Barnhart, right? Let's say you're Mitch Barnhart. Yep. And you have to fill your head coaching vacancy. Put the, give me your list. Give me the first person you call. Give me the Ooh. second person you call. And give me the guy that you think you're most likely to get. So can I, you know what? Yeah, let you me give start. you mine first. Sure. Yeah, let me give you mine first. And yeah. you tell me how crazy any of this is. I All think right. the first two people I call are Jay Wright and Billy Donovan. And I don't think that you get either of those guys. I think Jay is very happy doing TV and Well, they both life. said no to Kentucky multiple times before. Yes. I think you still pick up the phone and call but, them, but knowing but you're not, knowing what I'll you're say. probably not going to get them, right? Here's what I'll say to this. Let me, let me finish. I'm Billy Donovan. Because okay. I actually like Billy Donovan. I didn't have his name written down because I don't think he's going to be fired. I mean, listen, who knows in the NBA how quickly things can change. Mm -hmm. Billy Donovan said no before, largely because of his family. That's why he didn't want to go there and be in the fishbowl. Yep. Now his kids are all older. It's just him and his wife at this point. He, he's dealt with the NBA. I don't think he wants to get back into college. I don't think he has any desire to get back into college because everybody tells him how shitty it is right now with NIL, with the transfer portal. Um, but if Kentucky came calling with, and he was unemployed, would Billy listen? Uh, possibly. Jay Wright, I think his next job is with the Philadelphia 76ers if something happens uh, with Doc Rivers. I, I just think Jay sits tight. He likes what, obviously... He made a decision. He looks happy right now. So those would be two people that absolutely would be on my two-call list. No doubt. High above. I don't think you can get either of them. So they're probably not on my likely, you know, there's there's a, you know, there's a list of, of guys at the top that you just put on there that you say, like, it's not going to happen, but I got to make the call anyway. Mm -hmm. You know, Brad Stevens, go ahead, make the call. Maybe he wants to still coach. I mean, he's never going to go to Kentucky. That would be like the last place Brad Stevens would probably go, but again, call him. Why not? Call his wife Tracy, and and she'll yeah. say no. Thanks, but no thanks. Yep. Those, so those are those are the two names, and I guess you could put Brad Stevens in there as well. Um, I think you got to make the the very first calls. I don't think you get them. For, then you to me next, you go to college coaches. I think the first guy I go after Scott Drew. I don't know if Scott leaves Baylor because I think that it's nice being at a place where you literally do not have a beat writer for a local paper. Um, I think that. Uh, you call Matt Painter. I don't know if Matt Painter fits because I think he's more of like a development culture guy as opposed to going out and getting five stars. I don't know if he would love the fishbowl, but I think the world of Matt Painter, that I got a, I got a freaking paint crew shirt on, right? Yep. Um, I think that Tommy Lloyd is somebody that I would look very heavily at. I don't think Tommy would take it, but I think that Tommy Lloyd, I just look at what he's done at Arizona, right? I don't think he leaves the West Coast, but I, if you can get him, I think that he immediately... Uh, revolutionizes um, Kentucky's offense and 
he still goes out and gets five stars. He gets pros, right? You don't have to worry about not having NBA guys anymore. I don't know if any of those three guys take it. I think so. That... I had I had Painter and Scott Drew a high atop my list. Those were two of my yep. top three names. Uh, two of my top three names. You know, Chris Holtman's a guy that will probably be bandied about because he's from there. He was a big. Uh, that was my net. That was the up. next name on my list. Is that I think that yep. Chris Holtman's the first guy on my list that I think you you want yep. is really good and says yes. Painter would be the guy. Like I don't. I just don't think Painter's going to leave Purdue. I don't his know. alma mater for any other college job. I just, I don't see it happening. Uh, but again, Painter would be my third, you know, he'd be, he'd be my first like semi-realistic call of, of all of them. Tommy Lloyd to me, no chance. Like it, I wouldn't even call him and, and and not because I don't think he would take it. I just don't think he fits in Lexington. I don't like the fit at all. Um, Scott Drew, I'm torn on Scott. Here's why I'm torn on Scott. He's the nicest human being in the world. He would kiss all the babies, go out, talk to everybody. But I think if things go bad, I just don't know if he could handle Lexington. Like, Waco and Baylor is so different. And he's been able to, like, take his time, get it going with no pressure. Like, I just don't know if Scott Drew could handle all the negativity. He's the most positive human being in the world. Now, he'd help instill some positivity to an area and a fan base that certainly needs it right now. But I, I just don't know if that works. So let me give you my favorite name. Can I give you my favorite name for Kentucky? Well, first, let me give you my favorite name. Yeah. Ed Cooley. Yeah, I, I just <laughs> I, I love Cooley everywhere. I love yeah. Cooley everywhere. I'm gonna whenever we have these conversations about a job opening up, I'm throwing Ed Cooley into there. Yeah. First name, first name on the list. Yeah. Elon I mean, Musk. Listen. Elon Musk. He's fucking up at Twitter, right? I can't deal with Elon Musk at Twitter. Hire Ed Cooley as the CEO of Twitter, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting we are Ed Cooley's Ed name Cooley. in everything, everything from now on. Everything. everything. Yeah. Honestly, like, you know, my car broke down. Like, bring on Ed Cooley. Yeah. Just bring, bring Ed Cooley in to fix everything. Yeah. Right? He's great at changing tires. <laughs> Eddie can do everything, right? <laughs> Eddie can do it all. All right. So here's my name. And it's a guy we've already had on our show today. And that is one Sean Miller of Xavier. He's cleared from all the NCAA stuff. He was a great recruiter at Arizona. He is a hell of a coach who knocked on the door several times of getting to the Final Four. And oh, by the way, John Calipari, not a great X's and O's guy. You know who is a great X's and O's guy? Mm -hmm. Sean Mill. Here's here's my question. Can he deal with Lexington? Yeah, no, well, no, 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 no. That's not my question at all. He dealt with Tucson, and Tucson's not quite no, it's the same different. level no, as no, Lexington. No, no, no. Don't compare yeah. Tucson. Don't compare Tucson to Lexington. They're no nothing alike. Nothing. They're they're not alike. The, the fan you, bases are not alike. They're no, not, I, I I hear what I, I hear what you're saying, but at at Arizona, it's like it's it's college basketball first foremost in everything, right? Sure. Xavier, college basketball first foremost in everything. So it's not quite on the level of of a Kentucky, but it's he's he's dealt with being like the most important person at a university in a city the head of the most important team so i don't think that like i'm not that's not what i'm worried about my question is would kentucky make that hire another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Um, I don't know. I mean, they hired John Calipari. We remember how Sean, many people Sean, Sean, Sean is the, Sean, I had Sean on my list. I had Sean at, at, above Scott Drew. And but I was you, like, I don't, I don't know if they would hire him right now. Do you understand I don't know if they Mitch Barnhart? Mitch Barnhart had to be persuaded to hire John Calipari. He didn't want to hire John Calipari at first. There were other people that had to get involved and push John Calipari. Martin Newton was one of them. Right? Which is Martin why, which is exactly why I'm sitting here. Like, would, would they make that hire? That's to my win. big question. All Kentucky gives a shit about is winning. Fair enough. Sean's cleared of everything. He didn't even get a game suspension. He got zero. Zero. The other name that you could say, and again, he's 70. I don't think you could do it back in Kentucky, but it's an intriguing name, is one uh, Rick Patino. Now, with all the shit with Rick bringing him back to Kentucky, I don't know if Kentucky fans could deal with that, but they might just to win and get the opposite of Calipari, because that's what Rick Pitino is. He's the opposite in some ways. Now, they're both bullshitters at the highest level. But <laughs> you know what they are? Like, Cal's the greatest recruiter. Rick Pitino's the greatest coach, right? They, they're kind of opposites in some ways. But again, a reason why they hated each other for years was because they were similar in a lot of ways in mm-hmm. terms of their, their their ability to BS. Uh, I will, I will, we're going to move on here, but I will just say that the, yeah. uh, the chat, um, yeah. our YouTube chat is, uh, is, is really funny right now. Is it alive? Uh, yeah, it's, it's live. It's really funny. There, there's a, uh, there's some comments in there that we cannot repeat on the air, but it, yeah, I'm not watching. I, I'm looking at them and I'm laughing and I'm okay. Watching. Good job. Good Can job. Can we repeat guys. any? Are there no, any good questions? Well, are there any we'll good talk- names? Wait, wait, wait. Are there any good names? Dagan, you can look at it too. Are there any good names being thrown out that we have not mentioned yet? I think we mentioned all of them. Yeah, the only they, they've all been mentioned. People, here, what? Who? They've all been mentioned. No, there's one more that I think will be mentioned. I wouldn't hire him here, but I bet you his name will be mentioned. Is uh, like like a couple. I'll give you a couple that are doing it in the SEC. The Eric Musselmans, the Nate Oates, those guys. Like Oates. Nate, Oates right. is one that would make yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, I don't. Muss, I, I, I'm a little less sold on yeah. Um, yeah. For, for various reasons. But I think Nate Oates makes a lot of sense. I just wonder if – he's a Midwest if, guy. Nate's from, yeah. you know, Detroit guy. Like, you know. But yeah, Detroit, I like see. Detroit and Kentucky are – that's it's not – Well, but they're in this – all I'm Canadian saying is he's recruited, he's recruited <laughs> that area of the country is what I'm saying. He's recruited <laughs> Chicago. He's recruited that area of the country. But you're right. Yes, they're very different. Tommy Lloyd's a West Coast guy. He'd be great at Florida. That you know, they both have beaches, right? <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's let's move on. Um, it's it's December. It's it's kind of early to be talking about this. We mentioned Tommy Lloyd. Let's talk about your Arizona Wildcats. You are yeah. an alum. Uh, we were not able to get him on the show tonight. We tried to, but Headband Kerr had yeah. himself there. He is a pretty good game. Yeah, Headband Kerr. Um, Arizona was up twenty early. They almost gave the entire lead back, but they found a way to win the game. How, how do you feel about them now? How do you feel about this performance? Uh, and I, I guess mean, it's a rivalry game, right? Like yeah. Arizona State did a hell of a job defensively. If you watch that game, they mucked it up a little bit. They came out of the gates second half. And I, I think, again, Arizona thought it was going to be easy because they rolled to like a 17-point halftime advantage. 
came out of the gates, thought it was going to be easy. And, and honestly, Arizona State did a great job mucking it up and not giving Arizona anything easy. The Cambridge mm-hmm. brothers were, were, were tough. Um, but, you know, to me, I, I just think Arizona's got too much. They got too, they got too many weapons, which is crazy after losing as many weapons as they did last year to be able to say that. But, you know, the two-headed monster inside of, of Balo and Tubelis, Kerr's been, to me, much better this year for the most part. He'll always have his moments, but Kerr's been much more under control for the most part. Pella Larson, we thought, was going to be their best player. He, he's been their fifth best player, probably, you can make a case for. He and Courtney Ramey. And then you got the kid Visar coming off the bench who's playing a little bit more, by the way, every single game, the seven-foot freshman. And, man, he can make an impact, too. And Adama Ball coming off the bench. The Boswell just, kid. The Boswell kid is uh, – And the transfer, the other kid, the transfer from uh, – Cedric Henderson, had a, Cedric he Henderson. had a ridiculous block today. Yeah, like um, they just got dudes. Like Tommy Lloyd – I tweeted it earlier today. Think about the – he's 45 – now he's 46-5 and five to start his career. Um, the all-time I tweeted – I don't even know the name of the dude. He was like back in like 1911 who was like 49-1 and one or something like that to start his, his career. Uh, but Brad Stevens was also 45-5. and five. You know who else was? Did you see my tweet? Bill Guthridge was 45 nice. and five to start his career. Nice. And here's, here's the scary part. Tommy Lloyd is 48 years old. He's got right. two decades left in him at Arizona. If he wants to be at Arizona for two more decades, depending um, on how much he drinks. Yes. Gun, 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 gun to, gun to your head. You got to yes. bet. You got to bet your stay in Charleston. You got to bet your house in Charleston oh, on Arizona or UCLA winning the Pac-12. Who you got? Boy, you know, I picked, UCLA to win the whole thing. Oh, I, I know. Yeah, and you picked Iowa to win uh, win the Big Ten. <laughs> the like, Big Ten. You're not I great did, at these, this, this prediction thing. Yeah, th- these prediction things. But but some I got right. I mean, you know, again, I, I got some right. Uh, I got the prediction that Fardaz would not play before, you know, uh, the new year, and he he will not. Um, anyway, I would say – You really want to open up the, uh, the Fardaz yes. can of worms right now? Yes, because we'll <laughs> see a tweet in, in April. That will vindicate me, but it can't be, it can't be tweeted until then. Uh, anyway, uh, and you know, the tweet, like you, you, you've seen, you've seen it. So you can, you can go to bat for the fact that you've actually seen the text and, uh, you, you know, my source here. Anyway, um, I would say I'm going to go back and forth on this. Every you're trusting me a lot. Yeah. You're, you're trusting me a lot to, to say, Rob will go to bat for you. Uh, are you sure I will? Yeah, it's good. Point. Are you, good are you positive? You, you set me up. You got me roasted by Sean Miller today. Are you thinking we're gonna go bat, go to bat for you? Get out of here. Uh, I would Give say this fake news. So <laughs> as much as I picked UCLA to win the whole thing, now I might flop already. I might flop and go Arizona because they're deep. Like my the depth of UCLA scares the shit out of me. Absolutely scares the shit out of me. Where Arizona, their depth is almost in addition. Their starting five is really good. Plus. They've got guys coming off the bench that are that are good, that are really good role guys. And and again, Vsar is going to get better and better. I think Ball's got a chance to be better and better. So I, I guess today I'll go Arizona. Um, I think I would agree with you. Uh, I would say that the X factor to me is Amari Bailey. If Amari Bailey ends up being a guy in Pac-12 play yeah. that can average, that's fair, twelve to fifteen points a game against high major competition then I think it kind of changes the calculus for them. 
If not, then I think that Arizona is probably the better team. But I think I think the world I think they're both top ten teams. I think you're kind of splitting hairs. It's going to end up being one of those things where it's like who wins the the one possession game between the two of them, and you know in in March. Um, all right, let's let's roll through the Big 12 a little bit. There was a lot that happened in that conference. Yeah. Uh, for people that are listening to this on demand or listening to this later, West Virginia and Kansas State play at 7 o'clock tonight. Going to be a great game. They uh, do? Yeah, they play at 7 o'clock tonight. So, like, Hugs um, is going to go into this game, come out of it, and just start celebrating New Year's Eve, having a few, maybe, few cocktails? Maybe, is it at maybe. West Virginia? Where is it? It's at Kansas State. All right, he already knows some bars at Kansas State from being there yeah. a little while. No, I'm, I'm just thinking that the, he already has the private plane stocked. Um, all right, we talked about Kansas beating Oklahoma State. Texas went into Oklahoma without Chris Beard and won a one-point game in, that they trailed in the second half. Baylor went into Ohio State and got beat by 15 Iowa State. Uh, without Iowa LJ State. Cryer. Yeah. Uh, what, uh, Iowa State, right? Yeah. yeah. And then Texas Tech blew a 13-point second-half lead and lost at TCU – uh, who is quietly 12 and one on the season and undefeated when they have both of their starting uh, or at least one of their starting back. No, I think guys, Damian Ball, yeah, Mike think, miles. Yeah. Uh, they both of those guys missed when they lost to, was it Northwestern state? They lost yes, to that's so, correct. Yep. Uh, which, which of those big 12 results stands out the most to you? Um, Boy, oh boy, oh boy. You know, here, here's the thing to me, Iowa state Hilton's tough to, place to play and and for me if i'm baylor like i gotta have crier and flagler or else i got no chance you know keontae george was off today for the most part early they dug themselves a hole so i'm not putting too much stock into it i, I think i know what baylor is and I, I think they're probably a sweet 16 team i don't know if they're more than that they get nothing offensively down low and they get nothing for the most part out of their two transfer forwards minimal from bridges and, and loner uh, which which is killing Scott Drew, especially when you don't have L.J. Cryer or Flagler, and they didn't have uh, Cryer today. So that one didn't surprise me that much. Um, I, I don't. I also uh, Texas. I guess I'll go Texas. Yes, I got to go Texas. No Chris Beard. All this shit that's happened to him. They almost lose to Rice. Remember, they were down like what fifteen to Rice in that first game back. Now that was yeah. that was crazy. That was that was that was under that was the same day. Right, agreed. That was that was that was, that was understandable. But Rodney yes. Terry is now six and zero as the head coach at Texas, and that was going to be my answer too. Right, yeah. you go on the road in a rivalry game. Don't forget Texas yep. Oklahoma. That's a pretty yep. big rivalry. That was a sold out crowd. Uh, the Sooners are up. They were up late in that game, and Texas made enough plays down the stretch to be able to win it. That to me, that was the one that I circle as like, okay, that's that's a good quality road win. Uh, the thing that. I think kind of gets overlooked a little bit nationally that maybe people that are fans of the big East or fans of the sec or fans of the PAC 12 don't realize about the big 12 is that every single fucking team in that conference is good enough to be an NCAA tournament. Everyone, right. Every Every one of them is top 50 on Ked Palm. Every road game that you play is a quad one win. Texas just went on the road and got a quad one win at Oklahoma in a game without their head coach in the game where they were trailing in the second half in a rivalry game on new year's Eve. I, I don't think that that can, you can overlook that performance and what they did today. I, that, was, I was guys, really- that helps, right? Rodney, Rodney Terry's been a head coach mm-hmm. at, at what UTEP and Fresno. They've got a bunch of older dudes. If they had a bunch of freshmen and they've got even their friend, like Dylan Mitchell is an, a mature freshman, right? Really, really mature. But 
you know, Timmy Allen, Marcus Carr, these guys have kind of been through it. They've been there for a year. If this had happened a year ago, this would have been a complete train wreck. Uh, but while Chris Beard is in limbo, which he kind of is right now, I, I think these players are just focused on, and Beard can't have any contact with them. So right now, it's, it's this like is he, all we know. He shouldn't have any contact with right, them. Like, right. it, it should be, um, you need to let the legal system play out. And I understand why Texas is kind of, waiting to make a decision when you have as much guaranteed money locked up and the contracts, like when you have eight figures in the, that you're going to have to deal with, like you're, you're allowed to take your time yeah. to make a decision, right? Yeah. You want to uh, get as much, you want to get as much information as you can. And this, this so, is not us yeah. campaigning for Chris Beard to keep his job. At least not no. me. Right. Nope. It's not, I, I don't, I, I still tend to lean towards the idea that you probably need to make a change at the end of the day there. Right. Listen, you, um, you, you put your hands in a woman, period. You put your hands in a woman and and you just can't do that period. Yeah. But I have, I have no qualms with Texas making sure that they let the process play out. Right. Beard's not getting paid. He's not part of the program. Um, he's not like, they're not, sitting here promoting him. There's no campaign. You don't hear like sources say this sources say that uh, there's, there's no like push to try to get him to try to like change the narrative. Right. So I think Texas is kind of handling this um, about as well as you can. Uh, Texas tech. Are you, are you buying them? Cause I'm not, I'm kind of off the, the Texas tech train this year. I, I don't, I don't actually, think- it's funny. This was the most impressive I was with, with, with I mean, it's the only team they've really played. Mm-hmm. And I tweeted that their their best win is against Louisiana Tech, who's like one fifty four in the in the in Ken Palm. So they, you know, they played such a shit ass non conference schedule. Did you just cite Ken Palm? I'm a big Ken Palm. Are you okay? Well, it, it's need- harder for me to go through if. if do, you, you do, do we need a wellness to check? Up- Talia, where's Talia? Talia, come she's make. Sure. Is your dad okay? Make sure he's okay. Do you have a temperature? Down. Do you have a fever? Yeah. Do you need down. me to call somebody? It's true. I, I I wanted to do it once in 2022 before the clock <laughs> flipped. I wanted to do it once, but I, I would say this um, to me, them playing with TCU on the road for as long as they did was impressive. Now, if they can get Fardos back soon, and I think that's a key because they got nothing down low. I was watching that game. Bacho did nothing. I mean, he rebounded and, and defensively he was good. But offensively, you can't throw him the ball down there. So if they can get Fardos back in two, three weeks, maybe it's not too late at that point. But they got to like, they got to somehow win a couple decent games here at home. Just protect their home court, which they do better than anybody because their mm-hmm. fans are out of their minds. As I've said, I don't know if I can ever go back now. That's the problem. I really enjoy going there. I thought it was fun, uh, but I don't know if I can go back. But but again, play a better schedule, Mark Adams. I mean, you can't play this shit-ass schedule in non-conference and expect to get in. I know you're just saying, like, all we got to do is go 500 in the Big in the Big 12, but go play some people. Like, enough. I I can't stand these coaches now. And, and Mark Adams is one of many, trust me, one of many who are making millions of dollars, have these guaranteed contracts for, for a few years, and and don't play anybody in the non-conference because they, they – cite the their their conference you know strength of schedule which is fine but like it's gonna hurt you it's gonna hurt you now yeah he's got he's got enough st john's st john's is a good example too right st john's gets blown out by dagan's you know seton hall team which is mediocre and they haven't played anybody all year (laughs) (laughs) 
mediocre is kind, Dagan. I'm trying to be nice. I know, but it's just un- unnecessary. Necessary. I'm just surprised Cino got a mention. Cino got a mention on the show. They did get a mention. I wanted to get him in there. Right, it was perfect, more perfect. really a. No, you did not want to get Seton Hall in there. You just wanted to rag on St. John's. Come oh, on, come be on, honest. Somebody. I'm going to hold your feet to the fire. You got to be honest on this one. Yes, I agree. I agree 100%. But you got to play people. And, and, and that's when, again, if it comes down to it at the end of the year and you're in the bubble and you're Texas Tech, you should not get in. Mm-hmm. All right, so I want to. You mentioned St. John's and Seton Hall. I want to yeah. stay in the Big East and talk about Marquette and Villanova really quick Cut. because I was bullish on. I've been bullish on Villanova long term, right? I've been kind of saying this team is going to find a way to get it done. I've said yeah. multiple times on the record on this show on my own podcast that I think that Villanova is going. They, they say like they have playing game that gets to the Sweet Sixteen written all over them to me, right? Well, I'm very concerned about what I saw today from from them. And the biggest issue I have is that Cam Whitmore was the best player on the floor for Villanova for most of this game. He sat for long stretches of crunch time. He sat for long stretches down the stretch. And in the two most important offensive possessions of the game, when it's a tie game with under three minutes left, right? He was on the bench. One of those possessions ended up in a Jordan Longino, Longino, whatever his name is, Jordan Longino, uh, 24 foot three. The next possession, very next possession after that, with a minute and 20 seconds left, ended with the Chris Archidiacono contested three-pointer. While your lottery pick, the guy that was six for nine, nice from the floor, 14 points, eight boards, three assists, Cam Whitmore, saddled to the bench. That is, to me, that's that's the first time that I've looked at this and been like, yeah, you know, that's that. I don't know if you can do that. Hey, Rob. There's one, there's one reason why you should be concerned with, with Villanova. And you know what it is. Like, you're overthinking this. You're overthinking this. There's one reason why Villanova can't be consistently good for the rest of the season. Why is no, it? No point guard. There you go. There you go. Point guard play. Point guard. I, listen, I, I went into 2022 saying point guard play. I'm leaving it saying point guard play. Villanova doesn't have it. So they can't be consistent. They can win a game here and there, maybe a game they shouldn't win, right? They can play in games, but it's really hard to win games at the end of games, right? Crunch time. Who are you giving the ball? Like, yeah, you can give it to Caleb Daniels. He's, he's, he's fine, but he needs somebody. He needs somebody. Brandon Slater needs, they've had it. They've been used to it their entire careers. One dude, really two dudes for some of them, but primarily one dude named Colin Gillespie. We just got better and better and better. And he made life easier for all those dudes. And he was a culture guy and all that. And now, you know, Mark Armstrong's not ready. And, you know, I I always hate to say anything bad about anybody named Archie Diacono because Ryan's like the best kid in the world. So I I, I like can't even do it about Chris, but he's a, he's a serviceable backup. That's what he is ultimately for a good Villanova team. When he's playing 30-something minutes a game, it's... Yeah, uh, it's not fair to him. It's Rob, not it's not fair to Chris Archidiacono. How's that? You said it, not me. You said it, not me. Um, Houston, I just want to know, Houston struggled with Central Florida. Central Florida is actually really good. They got a guy that could end up being a first-round pick on their team. Um, I think all of yep. their losses have been close losses. Uh, so I'm not super concerned about that it just kind of you can't be you know you can't be too concerned about anything again that's happened over the last like week or two you you, you try not to put too much stock in it because of the holidays again because 
pre-Christmas, kids are, are, are looking to go home. Then they come back from Christmas. How are they mm -hmm. uh, adjusting in between? Nobody's really on campus. You know, some of it's good that nobody's on campus because, you know, kids can get better. There's nothing else going on right now. So you're going to find some teams that get a lot better here over the next couple of weeks. Uh, one team that doesn't look very good right now is the Michigan football team. <laughs> you know what? If Michigan, how much did you how much did you hit them in the live line, Robert? Uh, only only like a third of the winnings that I got from the Kansas live line. So I'm still I'm still sitting pretty right now. All right, shout um, out to my nephews uh, who went to Michigan right now because um, I can't stand. You know who this is the worst for, by the I way. I can't stand Jim Harbaugh. So I'm happy with this right now. To yeah, be you know who this is the worst for? This is the worst for Juwan Howard because Why? if Michigan loses this game then there might be at least one person in Ann Arbor that realizes that Michigan <laughs> basketball is seven and five and Good just point. lost to Central Michigan. And the reason why I say one person in Ann Arbor is yeah. because Greg Waddell, our resident Michigan Wolverine basketball yeah. fan, uh, he's very well aware of the fact that they just lost to Central Michigan <laughs> on uh, on on what was that Thursday night, Friday night, yeah. whatever it was. So he's very well aware of that. Um, but he's uh, yeah. Someone else in Ann Arbor might figure out that that Jawan Howard and the the Wolverines aren't great if Michigan is not playing in the national title game uh, for football. Is this guy going to hit the the fifty nine yard field didn't goal? He, didn't he just miss yeah. it? What happened? Yeah, he drilled it. It was missed. It, it. They called a timeout. Was a penalty. They called a timeout. Fifty nine yard field goal. So now that we're live reacting to uh, fifty nine, this kid's going to make it. Wow, what it. a leg! Yeah, listen. Since we are now currently reacting to. Uh, it's to Michigan time, football, I it's think it's time. time to wrap this up. Hey, so hey, listen, hey, but we might as well, hey, hey, hold on, hold on, Rob. we might as well plug Field 12 live tomorrow at 2 p.m. Recap. Oh yeah, there you game. go. Field of 12 <laughs> after uh, after New Year's live 2 p.m. Yeah. Eastern time on the Field of 12 YouTube channel. Dagan Hughes is producing that. Hopefully, we will have uh, a Michigan comeback win uh, to to talk about. <laughs> Hopefully for, be, for you. That would Not be very. Me. That would be very good for. Uh, I want to be able my, to taunt my nephew, so I'd much rather they lose. Oh, there you go. I, I would love, honestly, I would love to see TCU win a national title. I think that would be a great story. Okay. Listen, this has been fun. Everybody have a safe, have a healthy, uh, great New Year's Eve. Don't drink and drive. Call an Uber. It's not worth it. Um, so be safe, be healthy, be smart. And we will see you guys again tomorrow night. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.